Sometimes they'll be in heaven. Sometimes they'll be caught in purgatory. I mean, the dry place between heaven and earth. Holy Ghost, lead us out of the wilderness. <laughs> purgatory is not a place you go when you die. <laughs> you know, Pur shaka. Purgatory, you could say that's the wilderness. You know, the Red Sea, you get born again. Then you go through the wilderness, and then you cross the Jordan into the promised land. You know, it's an 11-day walk, but we turn it into a whole lifetime because we never get healed from all the wounds in the wilderness of whatever happened to us. I mean, people have been raped. People have had family members murdered. I mean, we've had hundreds of people, literally hundreds, physically die and buried in cemeteries since we started in full-time ministry. Hundreds are dead. Alcohol poison, heroin overdoses, um, car accidents, diseases, cancers. The devil has killed so many of God's people that we could sit around and feel bad for ourselves forever that so many horrible atrocities have happened to us in Babylon the Great. Truth anyhow. But instead of feeling bad for ourselves and self-pity, you know, and just wallowing in the muck and the mire of all the horrible stuff that happened by the snakes in the wilderness, we can actually come into the promised land, get healed. And I understand the wounds are to the very core of your own soul and spirit. The woundedness of what you've gone through in your own personal testimony, in your own wilderness, is severe. There's no doubt about it. I know, because it's called Babylon the Great, and you're coming out of the Great Tribulation. So the wounds in your soul are severe. The potent sorcery has tried to kill you and separate you from the love of God in the Promised Land every single day after you're born again. And it's been successful, hasn't it? Oh man, we've been separated. We've had problems. We've been sick, we've been miserable, we've been nasty, we've been bitten, we've been poisoned. We've watched people get swallowed up alive into hell. Dathan, you know, the, the story of Dathan. They come against the rebellion, against the apostolic leadership of Moses. And he's like, well, let God be our judge and they just get eaten. And we've seen that happen. We've seen so many people get eaten alive coming against the apostolic leadership of Moses and the apostolic leadership of Christ, and the perfect leadership of God the Father through men and women whose lives are laid down, and they get eaten. They get eaten because Satan tempts us in the wilderness in areas of lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, which is the wisdom of the world. Pride of life is the most deceptive thing ever. That's what Eve looked upon the tree and said it had wisdom. Genesis 1 says, or Genesis 2, whatever, she was looking at the tree and she said that there was wisdom in it. She was looking at the wisdom of the flesh, the wisdom of the world, the wisdom of self, and the wisdom of everything you can do and be apart from the glory cloud. Because how many of y'all know the curse of the fall is Adam and Eve stepping out of the cloud of his presence, stepping out of the cloud of his glory, and living life separated from His love, which is His glory. Amen? And so it's the wisdom of self and the wisdom of Satan and the wisdom of the world, which is the pride of life that's being uprooted this season 
by the love of God, by the ministry of the new wine, by the ministry of the cup of salvation called the cup of the new covenant. On the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood up. How many of y'all know it's the last and greatest day of the feast and Jesus is standing up on the inside of us? Amen? It's the seventh day since Adam. You're in the Jewish year in the Jewish calendar of 6,019. A day is as a thousand years. You're in the seventh day, 19 years deep already, and that's a sure word of prophecy. If anyone else says otherwise, they're wrong. I tell you the truth. The Pharisees changed the Jewish calendar by over 200 years in the first century to not point to Jesus as the Messiah. You were in the Jewish year 6,019, not the 5,700 garbage that everyone thinks is the Jewish calendar. It's wrong. It's wrong. It's not the truth. You are in the Jewish year 6,019. You are already in the last and greatest day of the feast. God calls the millennia the days feasts. <laughs> Amen. People are like, well, it wasn't a feast for me. It was pretty nasty. Well, you could have been feasting. You could have had a good time. David had a good time. Solomon had a good time. Oh, hallelujah. Even Jeremiah had a good time. Daniel had a good time. He did. He enjoyed it. It was wonderful. Thank you, Father, for the testimony of everyone who lived in the millennia of the days up until this point. Every day is a millennia with the Lord. For a day is as a thousand years. And now you're in the seventh day. You're in the last and greatest day of the feasts. It's true. We celebrate the Jewish feasts and we're all prophetic and Pentecost is coming up next weekend. And we're expecting global Pentecostal drunken glory laughing tongues of fire resting on everyone's heads and all the lying tongues of Satan and his angels dismissed off of everyone's heads worldwide. And I'm sure it'll happen. But I'm telling you guys, this thing is all set and planned by God the Father in His timeline, and nothing you could do could change it. I mean, I can tell you the truth. I can sit up here on a white throne judgment seat of Christ as an overcomer with all the nine gifts of all the overcomers' gifts of Revelation 2 and 3, which I operate in, and I can tell you, but it wouldn't matter if I didn't tell you anyway, it would still happen. It'd still happen, because God the Father is the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord. Oh, it has to be decreed. It's already been decreed. It has to be declared. It's already been declared. All we're doing now is confirming what's already written upon your hearts and trying to accelerate your awakening to the right hand of God in glory, to come out of all of the woundedness of the world, to come out of all of the lies of Satan, to come into reality. Reality is Christ. Reality is the Father. Reality is the Promised Land. The wilderness is not reality. The wounds are not reality. The hurt and the pain and the suffering and the trauma and even a lot of people are full of PTSD. Coming out of the Great Tribulation has put a lot of people into the psychiatric mental institutes. You know, if you're looking for the prophets, you'll find them in the mental institutes because they haven't had the revelation to, to say solidified in the Holy Spirit, in the spirit of a sound mind, and they're just wandering around in the spirit world. And the demons are just messing with them. But, you know, those that are healthy in the prophetic and those that are healthy in the apostolic can bring them back in and refine their minds into the spirit of a sound mind so you can have an anchor for your soul to the throne of Christ in your belly. Amen? So you can have an anchor 
for your soul because your soul is controlled by devils. Now your soul needs to be controlled by love. Your soul has been controlled by worldly wisdom, satanic pride. You know, looking at that tree and it has the appearance of being real smart. God, I could get so smart apart from God. There's nobody smart apart from God. They're utter idiots. It's as dumb as you can get and still breathe. It's intelligent to serve the Father. The angels are intelligent. The fallen angels are not intelligent. The sins of the fallen angels are called madness and folly in Ecclesiastes. King Solomon was preaching against the fallen angels. Ecclesiastes Ecclesiastes means the preacher. We sit up here on a white throne and we preach against the fallen angels every day. That's what I've been doing here for 11 years. People are like, oh, it offended me. What offended your fallen angel? It offended your devil, which is a fallen angel. It offended your demon, which is a fallen angel. It offended you because you're in covenant with fallen angels. Pride, the worldly wisdom. Truth anyhow, the pride of life is the wisdom of fallen angels. Once you get into divine love, which is the wisdom of Christ, you can't be offended anymore. If you can still be offended, you're in worldly wisdom. I mean, my God, this is not based on a man or a woman. This is based on Christ in you. Full possession, the Lord Jesus standing up in us on the last and greatest day of the feast. And what did he proclaim? Those who are thirsty, come to me and drink, and out of your innermost being will flow springs and rivers of life. And that life is glory. That's God's life. That's not human life. That's not living the Kardashian's life, the high life, the Rolls Royce and the Bentley life. That's not that life. Although God lives a higher life than all of that combined. God's very rich. (laughs) The Garden of Eden has 12 solid gold mountains surrounding it. Those are the spiced mountains of solid gold of your Father in Heaven. That's the realm you want to live in on earth as it is in Heaven. You want to live encapsulated and surrounded by the spiced mountains of His gold and His silver. Where's the gold and the silver? Oh, here we go with that Kenneth Copeland preaching again, brother. No, actually, it's called the wisdom, and it's called the love, and it's called the grace of your Heavenly Father. It's in the kingdom of heaven that created the natural dimension. If your mind's natural, you'll go and think naturally, which is demonic. If your mind's supernatural, you have the mind of Christ, and Christ is a life-giving spirit, and your mind is supernatural, and your mind's controlled by the Holy Spirit, then you have peace with the Father, Romans 8 says. You want to have peace with the Father by having a mind that's controlled by the Spirit of grace and not the Spirit of Satan. Because if your mind's controlled by the wisdom of Satan, you're going to be at strife against every son and daughter of the living God, and you might kill them. You might murder them, like Cain murdered Abel. And that's that jealousy, that's that envy, that's that garbage that comes out of people's hearts all the time, and they kill people with their words. Out of your mouth proceeds the issues of life, and the tongue is a rudder of destruction, setting the whole, co- the whole course of your life on the path of hell. James says that. That your tongue sets the course of your life on the path to hell. If you speak the words of hell, you get hell and sickness and disease and demon possession and you'd just be a miserable, Jezebel-filled white witch of Satan every day of your life because you're speaking the words of Satan. You're speaking the wisdom of Satan. James says that the tongue is the rudder of the path to hell. 
But how many of y'all know we want our heart circumcised so the heart and the, the blood of the tongue goes all the way into the Garden of Eden in our heart? Your tongue goes right there, it goes all the way down, and it steers the ship of your heart. And there's a pool of blood in your heart that your tongue speaks from. And when your heart's circumcised, you speak from the realm of His love. And that's when you learn to only speak love. And God does a work in your heart that's like more precious than all the money in the world combined that you can only speak life to everyone around you. He circumcises your heart from spiritual wickedness. He circumcises your heart from hatred and envy and wickedness and demon possession. He circumcises your heart from greed. He circumcises your heart from lust. He circumcises your heart from satanic wisdom and the pride of life so that you only speak what the Father's speaking. And if you only speak what the Father's speaking, your body automatically only does what the Father's doing. Because out of your heart, your mouth speaks. And from your heart proceed the issues of life. And the power of life and death are in what? The tongue. Oh, come on, somebody. The power of life and death are in the tongue. So if anyone can put a bridle on their mouth, like it says in Psalms, like, do not be like a horse or a donkey that must be bridled, so it, otherwise it won't go where you want it to go. In other words, be changed in your heart so you speak the Father's Word, so you're carried by the Word. The Word is a container of the Father's glory realms. Whatever words are in your heart, whether they be from Satan and his angels, because in the sower sowing seed, Jesus said an enemy sowed seed into his heart and it produced weeds and it produced rocks. And you got a stony, rocky, pride-filled heart or you got a weed-filled heart, which is lust. Weed is lust. Rock is pride. And so you deal with Christians and non-Christians that are full of pride and full of lust. The only difference between Christians and non-Christians is Christians are supposed to have a tap-in to God the Father's ability to get the rocks and weeds out, but in my experience in 13 years of full-time ministry, they're usually more messed up than non-Christians because the fallen angels see the potential in your life and they fill you with rocks, they fill you with wounds, and they fill you with weeds so that there's so much lust and there's so much pride in your heart you can't even see God in your own spirit. But what does the Bible say? Matthew 5, verse 8, The pure in heart see God. <laughs> Why? Because they're pure in heart. Because there's no rocks, there's no pride, there's no wisdom of Satan, and there's no lust, there's no weeds, there's no cares of this world. When there's no rocks and weeds in your heart, and your heart is just a pool, like of Bethsaida stirred by the angel, your heart is a pool of blood, amen? Everybody, you don't have to be a doctor to know that. But if out of your heart proceeds the issues of life, then we need a heart change, we need a heart transplant. God change our hearts to be the pools of the Garden of Eden, to be the pools of your love, to be the pools of Jesus and the pools of the Father, to be the waterfall of heaven. You can have so much of the Father's love in your heart that you could actually speak life into every person you encounter. The Father was telling me today the evangelism is going to get crazy, Brandon. Crazy. Crazy harvest because you're walking in perfect love now and that's the only thing that unlocks the harvest is perfect love, agape, unconditional love, that your heart is in perfect love towards every heart, every spirit and soul, and every pool of blood, you pour out your heart and your love into their pool of blood, and the rudder of their tongue changes by the circumcision of their heart by receiving that divine love. And their 
whole course of their life is steered from the path of destruction by speaking rocks and weeds to speaking, what are we speaking? Roses, the rose of Sharon. We're speaking lilies, the lilies of the valley. We're speaking all the Garden of Eden, the vineyards of his new wine. And we're speaking the oil press of the olive tree of anointing oil. We're speaking it because that's what we're experiencing in our hearts. And out of our heart proceed the issues of whatever we believe in. If we believe in sickness and disease, we'll talk about it four hours a day. If we believe in Jesus, we'll talk about Jesus four hours a day. Whatever you're talking about, that's what you believe in. Some people only believe in money, and that's all they talk about from the time they wake up to the time they go to bed. Some people only believe in sexual morality, and that's all they talk about is Tinder and taking the next date, finding the next boyfriend, finding the next girlfriend, and it's all about sex, and it's all about lust, and it's all about alcohol and drugs and the hedonism and the pleasures of the flesh. That's all they talk about from the time they wake up to the time they go to sleep because that's all they believe in. But when your heart changes to believe in the one true God, you'll only talk about God. You'll only talk about the kingdom. Philippians 4.8, you have your mind fixed on things above and you'll talk and think about the things that are above and not the things that are below. What do we do in the below realm when we're created to live in the glory above realm? Jesus said, I'm from above, you're from below. He said that. What? And he sent his Holy Spirit on Pentecost so that we could live in the above realm and cover the below realm. If we're in the below realm, it's because there's pride and lust in our hearts. We've come into covenant with fallen angels and we need the chains to break off our hearts today. Amen? Whatever you've come into covenant with, that's what you believe in. That's what you talk about. People have their Christian time. They'll come around me and they'll fake it. They'll say like, God, God, God. And then when I'm not in God mode, they'll start talking to me about all this crap. And I was like, that's what's in your heart? You know, like talk to me about coffee for an hour. Talk to me about cars and, you know, the lust of money for an hour. I mean, like, okay, now we're getting real. Finally, what's really actually in your heart's coming out. Let's get all the sewage out. Let's have the bowels of compassion loosed so we can have the river of life uproot the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and all the pride of life, all the lust of the eyes, all the lust of the flesh be uprooted, which is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, actually. And it gets uprooted out of your belly, through your soul, and out your mind, and out your body so you can be strengthened with the tree of life. Weakness is having the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in you. Strength is having the tree of life in you. Jesus Christ was anointed with the Holy Spirit and power, and he went around removing weakness. You read the Bible, it actually says he removed weakness. Sin is weakness. Lust is weakness. You don't know how weak it is. I mean, these people are like dead. I mean, just dead. There's any angel of the second heavens and the third heaven could just come down and land on this thing and just own this person. They are weak. So weak. And it's and it's disgusting to look at how weak people make themselves to be because of their sin. As You need to be strong. Jesus Christ fasted for 40 days in the wilderness so that he could have the strength to pour out on all the weaklings in Israel. These people were too weak to obey God. They couldn't obey it. I mean, they wanted to. I tried. I tried so hard. I was like, just 
Don't even try. I'll go do it for you. That's Jesus Christ's attitude. He's a champion of grace. When your people are too weak to be able to go against the pride of life, the wisdom of the world, go against the lustly eyes, all the hedonism, everything you can look at in the eyes that pleases the eyes, everything in the flesh that pleases the flesh, all the lusts of the flesh, and you're too weak to overcome it, that's the opportunity that champions of grace say, I get it. I'm done looking to you to change yourself. I'm going to go sacrifice myself 40 days, get tempted in prayer and fasting, and come back and pour the strength of God the Father like liquid lightning right on your brains. And Jesus did it, and we're doing it too. We don't even care if you can't overcome any temptation. I tell you the truth, that's what the sons of God are. They're those that got so strong in overcoming their own pride and their own lust that they can pour out all the strength of God the Father's liquid lightning love on everyone that's too weak to overcome their own sins. And it gets easy for them. That's what separates the kings from the generals, from the horse, from the riders, from the rich, from the poor. That's what separates the different divisions and the different rankings of Joel's living Holy Ghost army. Truth anyhow, those that were strong, those that stood up and said whatever it takes to self-sacrifice, to pour out God the Father's ability on our people, on all Christians, so that they are not tormented by Satan and his angels, by sickness and disease, by poverty, by affliction, and by weakness. Whatever it takes, we will sacrifice ourselves for the Father to shine forth through us in strength. And he'll release the lightnings of God upon everyone's minds. Because you won't find minds in more doubt and unbelief than in the Christians' minds. They'll be like, oh, well, God, I, I was in the drunken glory back in 2008. I was one of the original members. Well, what happened to you? Why didn't you stay in the love? Why didn't you stay in the freedom? Why are you so bitter now? You know? <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm telling you guys, he's going to deal with all the people that have got sick by snake bites and poisoned by this world. Those that have tasted of the glory, but just didn't know how to sustain themselves in the glory. Didn't know how to have heaven on earth. Didn't know how to fortify themselves in the armor of the ancient of days and then go out from glory to glory conquering realms. They were too weak. Now is the time of your strengthening from the sons of God. Now is the time where you get so strong you can be who God created you to be. In the true and apostolic covering of the leaves of the tree of life that heal the nations. The apostolic covering of all apostolic coverings, I don't care what you believe, is called the tree of life and it's an olive tree. The Bible calls it an olive tree. Romans chapter 11, the olive tree of life. This apostolic covering that almost every little prideful, goat-filled Christian in the world absolutely despises and hates with all their heart because they're just full of satanic, Jezebelic rebellion right now. This covering is your healing and this is the fulfillment of your destinies. I tell you the truth. And it's going to get all the junk of Satan out of you. The goat nature of Satan, that stubbornness, well, it's like, well, that's your opinion, that's your interpretation. No, it's the uh, apostolic interpretation of the scriptures 
It's Christ's interpretation of the scriptures. The absolute authority of the white throne judgment seat of Christ's interpretation of the scriptures and all the opinions that are demons in these people will be driven into the lake of fire and then you'll be under the apostolic covering of the tree of life. Your problem, Christians, especially Americans that are full of wisdom, but not of God, and full of knowledge, but not of the glory, is that you're full of Satan. Full of Satan. Which is the knowledge of good. The Bible calls Satan the knowledge of good and evil. So we want to hold on to all our good knowledge, all of our Gamaliel education, everything we think we know about God, all of our sound doctrine, all of our good theology, and that's what keeps us out from keeps us out from having the heaven on earth reality. Do you understand yet? That's what separates you from God. Not rebellion, but your goodness of your pride. Pride is the only thing that needs to be removed from our hearts and minds to live in a perfect glory waterfall of the Garden of Eden. And you can't know how much pride's in you. Nobody can until the seven eyes burn up their hearts because you can't see your own heart. And I have met hundreds of thousands of Christians and they all say they're right with God. And they all say they're on fire with God. And they all say they're doing the right thing, but they can't see their own hearts. We're all full of pride. You cannot find a man, woman, or child that isn't filled to overflowing with pride. It's a non-existent thing. And it's layer upon layer of pride that gets burnt out of us as we self-sacrifice more of you, less of me. You must decrease. You must increase. I must decrease. Rejecting the cross that destroys our pride is what has turned this church into such a Jezebel-filled rebellious church. And they'll swear to God they're doing all the right stuff. They'll swear to God they're in obedience because they look like Christians, but it's not the third heaven realm of glory and love. It's not promised land ministry. Only in the total crucifixion of self and all of your pride into the full manifestation of the Father through your own heart and soul and walking in the ability of the Father on earth are you even beginning to demonstrate what Jesus Christ himself walked in. <laughs> I'm telling you guys, and I love Bill Johnson, I love Bobby Connor, I do. And I, I bless everyone in the glory stream. I, I love Jeff Jansen's ministry. I, I love all these ministers. But we have still not yet come into a place of manifesting what Jesus walked in. We haven't. We haven't come into greater works. We haven't come into a hundredfold glory. We haven't come into that realm of love coming out of our bellies at the last and greatest day when Jesus stood up. See, we like to stand up and be seen by men and women and it's about me and what I know. And look at all my revelation. Look at all my studying. Look at all my signs and wonders. But that's not going to even get you into the hundredfold glory. It's not. It's Jesus himself, our high priest and apostle of glory, standing up on the inside of our bodies, the Lord himself, the Lord of glory, 
standing up on the inside of your bodies, putting your skin on like a tracksuit and wearing you, then, then you'll begin to minister the drink of the glory realm. Have we found people that are that yielded and that self-sacrifice? I don't think we have. But we're about to. That's the mark of the high calling. When Jesus stands up on the inside of you and there's no separation in your spirit, in your soul, in your mind, or in your strength between you and the high priest of heavenly Jerusalem. No separation. There is just not one area of your body, your fingers, your toes, from head to toes. It's Jesus Christ on the inside. He literally wears your skin. That's what it's all about. That's the mark of the high calling, where every single cell of your body is filled with His liquid love and is being poured out on all flesh. That's hundredfold glory ministry. That's when the whole city, everywhere you go, in a radius, you're carrying the city of God the Father from within you and wrapping all flesh around you. So you're controlling the heavens and you're controlling the earth. That's the prophecy of the gospel or the book of the revelation of Jesus Christ where it says, I saw an eagle flying mid-air. That's the mid-air when you're walking in this mid-air because you're consuming the heavens and the earth, proclaiming the eternal gospel. That's when the eagle... The prophetic nature of Jesus Christ has consumed the heavens and the earth below through your heart, completely filled and flooded with God Himself, walking in full spiritual stature. That's sonship. That's what's available. That's the mark of the high calling. Nobody's hit it yet, but we're about to. That's what we strive for. We strive for. What is the striving? Getting rid of all the junk, all the lust, all the pride, everything that's about me, everything I know, for all of Him and none of me. I want the Father to stand up on the inside of me and display His exact likeness. And whatever we have to sacrifice for the Father to be seen through us, the sons and daughters, so be it. Amen. We love you guys. Be blessed. Partner with Brethren Ministries. Donate to We'll see you tomorrow. Amen.